And we are live for the 40th episode of the Bronx Bomber Battle Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Loves Luigi, and tonight it's me and G. What up, G? What's up? How's it going? It's going, I mean, it's going great. The uh, the Yankees just annihilated the Oreos. They uh, they they seem to do that a lot this year. Um, they've been doing that a lot recently. I think that was their 12th series win out of the last 13 or something something along those lines. Uh, the first place New York Yankees. They're no longer. I mean, they're still kind of the New York Rail Riders, but they're not because they're the first place New York Yankees. That's what we're gonna call them now. They just swept the Oreos over a four game set. Comebacks, homers, blowouts. This series had it all. It was some fun baseball. Um, you know, at certain points, it uh, you know, a couple of those games looked like we were gonna take L's, but man, this team, like we said all year, they're resilient. They fight back. They they don't quit. Um, I think in two of the games of the series, the Yanks are the last game of the series. They scored all their runs beyond the sixth inning, and that's just what type of team they've been this year. But gee, how you feeling after uh, after watching that series? Uh, Baltimore. It's always tough to watch uh, Orioles baseball because, uh, goddamn, some of those games were real ugly, especially that first one. Yeah, I mean, look, it's I. I said on I said on Sunday show that I would like them to win three, and they they exceeded my expectations. They, they did, and then they won another one. And um, I mean, it's hard to put too too much stock because it's the Orioles, and they're really just terrible. But I mean, they're major league players, and you know they got some hits, and um, you know some of these games were close. You know, for um, you know, like you said, it looked like they might take an L yeah. in a couple of these. Yeah, Two, yeah, you know, a couple, yeah, a couple of those games were very close throughout, and uh, one one game they almost blew. Right, one game was just breezing along, and then they, all of a sudden it's a tie game. But yeah, it, they weren't just four easy wins, right? No, but I mean, you could tell. I mean, obviously they're at different stages in terms of competing, but the Yankees, man, they just they just abused the Orioles pitching this series. They were just just crushing the ball at times. At all the right times, really. Any like key moments of the game, they were just just hitting bombs, man. Yeah, a lot of timely hits, a lot of a lot of big flies. Um, but yeah, let's just let's get into it. Um, the series started with uh, with them. <laughs> you know, I didn't even want to say a less than stellar performance because that would be giving it too much uh, credit, but. An absolutely dreadful performance from Jay Happ. Uh, it was you know Jay Happ versus Andrew Kashner. Um, Kashner once again pitched pretty well against the Yanks. He seems to be doing that a lot this year. Um, but Jay Happ just—I mean—he was just getting mauled. Uh, gives up two runs in the first, two homers in the third, more runs in the sixth. He ends up going three and two thirds, nine hits, six runs. The Yanks were down six to one um, after four. The one run was from a Glaber Torres home run. You won't be—that's not the first, last time you'll be hearing that. This show, I uh, did that a few times this week. Gary gets an RBI single in the sixth. Morales grounds out, but it scores a run. So the Yanks, you know, chipping away, clawing their way back, six to three. Orioles get another run to make it seven to three, but two runs in the seventh, another Glaber homer in the eighth, a Hicksack fly in the ninth to tie the game. And then who else comes up two on in the ninth facing Givens? Gary Sanchez takes a 98 mile per hour fastball and just 
drives it to left field, just absolutely rips it. 10-7, that would be your final. Yanks come all the way back in this one. Chappie closes the door to get the save. Three Ks. <laughs> what a great win by the – I mean, this was probably – one of the worst starts of the season from your starting pitchers. I mean, even by Jay Happ standards this year, this was just a brutal start for him. And just to just to claw your way back and just to score. I mean, this was a game. The Yankees scored one run from innings one to five. And then from the sixth, seventh, eighth, and ninth innings, they scored nine runs. Um, just, just an incredible comeback. Like, yes, the Orioles are bad. And, yes, there were several situations that uh, – uh, that that they just really kind of gave the game to the Yankees. Like for example, in the ninth inning, the catcher, I think it was Severino, he just there was a pop up that Void had, and he just completely missed it. Right, he just completely missed it. Would I think would have got him out of the inning, and as a result, Void walked. Gary gets up and hits the homer. And look, Yankees still was, probably uh, go on G. That was just utterly mind boggling. Like oh, uh, it was <laughs> might not even like hit bounce off his glove. He literally missed it by like a few feet. I, I audibly, when that happened, I audibly said, oh, my God. Because it was just like, he, he, he just couldn't believe how far away he was from that ball. But, yeah, look, there's no games. Like I said, like the Yankees still probably win that game. Even if he catches that ball, the, the game stays tied. But <laughs> like you want to talk about it, like a direct, like a something directly happening. And, you know, man, it, I mean, look. Those are the types of things that bad baseball teams do, and goddamn, the Orioles are a bad baseball team. Um, Sessa came in after Hap, then it was Holder, Britton, Chapman. Um, bullpen was pretty good today. Sessa or Mondea, Sessa gave up a run, but overall he did his job. Holder, Britton, and Chappie all shut it down. Um, but yeah, just another comeback win for this Yankees team. Feels like they've had so many of them in the past few weeks, but. And this was this was just the uh, just the beginning of the Gary Sanchez and Glaber Torres show because on Tuesday we had Domingo Herman versus uh, Hess and man, I, I actually felt bad for Hess this game because you I mean we thought Jay Happ had a bad start. The, Hess just got I mean you want to talk about getting mauled? This guy got mauled by a Happ got mauled by you know a small pack of wolves. Hess got mauled by a large, angry pack of wolves. I mean, first inning, Gary Sanchez just right when he picks up right where he left off, right? Another three-run homer to left. It's 3 nothing out of the gate. Gio Urshela gets an RBI double in the fourth. Clint Frazier gets a two-run homer in the third. Um, and then guess what? In the fifth, he decides to join the multi-homer party. He hits a three-run shot. It makes it 9 nothing in the fifth inning. Um the Orioles would score a few runs here and there. Uh, Gary and Glaber would both get RBIs in the sixth. Final score in this one was 11-4. Uh, Herman gets the win. Five innings, five hits, two runs, five strikeouts. He was all right, but really don't have to be all that great when you, your team scores nine runs for in the first five innings. Uh, David Hale through the last four innings of this one. Uh, they recently added him back. Um, four innings, three hits, one run, one strikeout. He, you know, did, did a nice job. But, man, this, the ball is just flying out of Camden Yards. And I know Ken Singleton always talks about how it's a you know really good hitter's park and the ball flies out of there. But, Jesus Christ, <laughs> like it's a combination of, you know, being a hitter's park and also the fact that the Orioles just have such a bad pitching. I mean, it, their pitching is so bad. Like I've said before, their hitting 
is actually decent. It's, it's solid. It's you know, it's major league level, major league average, I should say. But man, that pitching is it's been bad. But this year especially, like they don't have a single good arm in that entire staff, and it's it showed in these first couple games especially. Yeah, I mean, I think of it like. I don't know. It's, I'm drawing a line here, but like back when uh, City Field, you know, for the Mets opened up and it was just like big cavernous, you know, deep and, you know, tall walls. And people are saying like, mm-hmm. you know, the Mets, you know, they couldn't hit home runs in their own ballpark. And then the Yankees would roll in and just hit home runs all over the freaking place. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, they didn't have any problems. Like people hit home runs at, you know, at Camden Yards. But some of the home runs the Yankees were hitting this week were different. Nine mm-hmm. home runs, like yeah. they were, they were shots. Yeah, um, I, I read a stat that the Yankees in like they're what seven games at Camden Yards this season have almost as many home runs and just in those seven games as the Marlins do like all season. Like some, it's like it's a cl- it's close. It's like six home runs off. It's pretty, pretty incredible. Uh, my God, it, it, like you really just. Like the the stat about like obviously we'll get more into Glaber, but like just the fact that like literally almost ninety percent of Glaber Torres' home runs this season have come against the Baltimore Orioles, and like look we talked like you could easily say like obviously you know dumb people on Twitter will say oh well the Yankees are just doing this against bad teams. Well, guess what? That was their problem last year. We didn't do this against bad teams last year. It seemed like we would go we would alternate between taking two or three and then, you know, losing two or three to bad teams last year. Like that's what it always felt like. And then we, you know, we would play up to the competition, but against teams like like the Orioles, we just were not playing like this. And it's it's just nice to see where we have a great record against teams that are below 500 right now. You know, this is part of it. Just, hey, hitting, hitting home runs against bad pitchers, that's what good hitters do, right? It, no good hitter who hits 45 home runs, those 40 home, 45 home runs aren't going to be all against Cy Young winners or all-stars. It's you got to take advantage of the bad pitchers, and goddamn, the Yankees are doing that so far. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'll start off by saying the primary comeback to saying, you know, oh, it's against this team. Like, the, the first comeback that everyone always says is, you only play was on your schedule. So, I mean, yeah, that's, that's all you can do, yeah. right? It's beat the guy in front of you. Yeah. I think, you know, it, it's, I mean, it's the Orioles. You're definitely not going to see them in the playoffs. But, like, never it's know. Something we, it's something that we complained about last year. And it was true because they, you know, the Orioles were definitely a thorn in the Yankees' side last year. They won, what, six, seven or eight games against the Yankees mm-hmm. last year, something like that. Like, it was annoying. And the Yankees Very. still went to the playoffs. Like, but, especially now that the Red Sox are coming on, like it's good to see them not only beating these teams, but like really beating them because, you know, it's, it's, those are the teams that if anything will, you know, provide that cushion as the season goes on. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Um, Let's move on to game three. Uh, Big CC on the Hill up against Dan Straley, Uh, Dan Straley. (laughs) <laughs> Let's just say Dan Shirley's ERA after this game was nine point oh nine. Uh, he well, he didn't pitch well. Tyro Strada gets the home run in the second inning, start the Yankees off. DJ LeMahieu gets another homer in the second, it makes it four nothing. And then uh, guess what? Third inning, Glaber Torres gets up and he hits another home run. And goddamn, I'm just gonna play the audio from this clip. This was the Orioles announcer. 
Um, gee, what's his? I'm forgetting his name right now. He, he's a popular announcer. Uh, Gary Thorne. Gary, Gary Thorne. Thorne. That's the guy. Slipped my mind. Um, Gary Thorne. Would... <laughs> this was his call after Glaber Torres' first home run of the game on Wednesday night. It's, this is going. Runs four hits in that ball game. Two of the runs earned. In the air to right field, Mancini going back on the ball by Torres. Way back, up, and... I don't even know. Goodbye, home run. I mean... Last two at-bats, he's hit home runs numbers 11 and 12 on the season. And now has 10... Home runs against the Orioles. I mean, just like they're just the sound of defeat in his voice. He's a good announcer, but I mean, you could tell he was just, he couldn't believe it. It was unbelievable. The fact that they were definitely laughing just makes it even better. Like, yeah. And, you know, the Orioles, they, they, uh, actually, they let up another home run to Gary Sanchez in the fourth, the ball that went 440 feet, you know, just to add insult to injury. He was, Gary Thorne was also just, very upset about that. But, you know, in the fifth inning, Glaber Torres gets up again, and uh, I, I don't know what else to say other than I'm just going to play a second call. Torres pumps that one in the air. That's the left center field. Wilgerson back. I, I don't know. Goodbye, home run. I, I just – you cannot imagine this happening in Major League Baseball or any other place in baseball. I mean, he is just unstoppable, and it's all home runs against the Orioles, and it is five to nothing. <laughs> oh man, my mistake. Uh, that was the, I think I switched home run calls. I think that was the first one, and the other one was the second one. But yeah, those were those were the two home run calls, and yeah, just both both just incredible clips. Both went pretty viral. Uh, just I mean, ten home runs in twelve. I think it's eleven games. I don't think he played in the twelfth game. 10 home runs in 11 games against Baltimore. I mean, it just it, it, unbelievable. It, any team you do that against, I don't care how bad they are, that's impressive. And Gary's not far behind him either. No, no. I mean, we'll talk more about those, I guess, numbers specific, but, um, you know, in the later part of the show. But the mm-hmm. it's absolutely absurd. Like, the fact that they play the Orioles – whatever it was, 12 times in the first month and a half, two months of the season, is, you know, it's 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 pretty great for the Yankees considering all the injuries that you get to face, you know, a softer team that many times while your team is a little bit banged up. But, like, mm-hmm. it's really, really just absurd that, you know, it's like, that's probably about as good as any player is going to do against any team across the league for the whole season. Like, Mm-hmm. Um, and you know it's crazy about the Yankees and the Orioles. Uh, the fact that they lost two of their first three to Baltimore at the beginning of the season, and you know since then they're just uh, they're eight, they're nine and zero since those first three games against Baltimore. Which that's what you got to do against bad teams. Uh, we we've said it all year, right? Um, let's move to the uh, the fourth game of the series. Uh, we had Masahiro Tanaka. You know, the sun will come out. Tanaka, well, actually. Oh, Jake, you wanted to add something. Well, I mean, this is the whole pod to this point has been lots of fun and whatnot. But I guess in terms of you know a downer, 
would be the uh, the whole CC Sabathia development if you want to. Oh yeah, um, that I, I was gonna mention that a little later. I think like I'm really not as down about that as much because look, it's, it's he's kind of had this every year the last few years, kind of just like that IL stint. Drain his knee, probably only misses start, maybe two, but hopefully only misses a start. It's no big deal. Hopefully we get Paxton back later in the week or the beginning of next week to, uh, you know, to kind of heal. Uh, to shot, uh, I can't find the word right now. To, sure. uh, yeah, exactly. To you know, replace him, but you know they're gonna have a bullpen day Friday, right? For Friday's game against Kansas City, we'll talk a little bit about that later in the show. But yeah, I don't think it's a big deal with CC. I, I think this was kind of expected. It happened a little bit earlier than it usually does. It usually happens in like the middle of the summer. But hey, you know he's been pitching well. Probably just miss a start, right? No big deal. Uh, I think we'll. I think we'll have CC back by. Second week of June. Yeah, knock on wood. CC, you yeah, know, he's got to be he's got to be healthy for the you know for down the stretch for the playoffs, and so we can give him a proper. Mm-hmm. His ERA, by the way, is three point four eight after that uh, start. Got his third win. So yeah, it's been been what we expected of him, right? Just solid, consistent, solid, good CC. Um, fourth game of the set, we had Masahiro Tanaka versus Dylan Bundy, and. Uh, you know, Bundy looked pretty – like, I think Bundy's their best pitcher despite him not having uh, all that good numbers this year. Uh, he, he's still a pretty solid pitcher. Had a pretty good game. And, you know, so did Tanaka. Six innings, five hits, one run, one walk, five strikeouts. Uh, looked like he took a line drive off the chest. I think his glove partially deflected at least, but that was a bit of a scary moment. Um, but overall, I mean, he was great. Uh, only allowed one run in the second Uh he threw like 30, 35 pitches in the second inning, had the bases loaded with no outs, and the Baltimore only got one run out of it. So that was a big win. Uh, Clint hitting another home run this series, right? Uh, solo shot in the fifth, ties the game. Sixth inning, bases loaded. Gio Urshela comes up, two-run base hit. He's now four for four this year with the bases loaded. Just ridiculous. Talk about clutch hitters. Austin Romine getting an RBI single in the seventh. Luke Voigt. Hitting a long ball in the eighth, it's all it's all going sailing smooth, right? Glaber and Gary, by the way, were both sitting this game. A lot of people were mad about that, but you know you really can't hate it. And I know Glaber and Gary just—it was almost guaranteed they would one of them would hit a home run if they both played this game. But hey, it's you're in it for the long haul, right? And even if you would have lost this game, it's not the biggest deal. So, anyways, it's five one right in the eighth inning, and things are looking good. Jonathan Holder comes. Uh, Comes back out for a second inning of work and, you know, kind of imploded, right? He allows some hits, allows some, gets some walks. Uh, Tommy Canely comes in and gives up the, the long ball, right? Gives up the three-run shot to Nunez. It's a tie game, 5-5 five, five, uh, out of nowhere. It was it was a nice, relaxing, stress-free game. And then all of a sudden, it's 5-5 it's five, five and going into the ninth inning. But, man, was was – Givens came in, and my God, what was did he have no control? I mean, it, it reminded me, you know, when Chapman just doesn't have like any control, can't find the zone for shit. I mean, you could tell he in that last at bat when he was facing Hicks, uh, he just like he, he was trying to throw every pitch right down the middle, and it was just going every which direction. Uh, the Yanks load the bases in the ninth. Aaron Hicks gets up, two outs, bases loaded, and gets the walk 
flips the bat, pimps it. What a boss. That turned out to be the winning run. Chappie come or excuse me, Chappie did not come in. We all thought Chappie was gonna come in. Zach Britton came on in the ninth because Chappie pitched the day before. He gets the save. Nine pitch save. Yankees win. Yankees get the sweep. Yankees dominate Baltimore. Great win. Great series. But man, that was that, this game got a little bit scary at the end. Uh the bullpen's been pretty stellar, you know, throughout the last few weeks, but this was, this was a little bit of a bit of a uh, you know stra- it was a bit of a terrible performance to say the least, and you really can't get that mad because the culprit was Jonathan Holder, and you know he he can't even complain all that much that the situation he w- he was in was a good one. Right? It was a it was a pretty comfortable lead, and he's at, he's out there for a second inning of work, trying to eat some innings, trying to. Extend your bullpen because you have you don't really have an off day after uh, after this series. So try to get some innings for your bullpen, and it didn't work out. Right, it happens. But and K, you know, people like you know, Canley's in the pitch. Canley gave a home, up a home run on wasn't even really a bad pitch. Right, it kind of just was a good piece of hitting by uh, Nunez. Uh, shit happens. But Canley ends up getting the win. Uh, Yankees. <laughs> I mean the the game winning walk. I mean, what what a way to win a game. I remember the Yankees lost a game like that last year with with Patances, you know, when he was going through his bad stretch. So we we know how it feels, but yeah, yeah, I mean, you could you could tell that Givens did not have it. I mean, he has that oh, at all. The adventures always like to comment on his like sidearm, you know, slinging type delivery like but he came in and threw um I mean, just to Hicks alone, he threw three consecutive, I guess, fastballs, three consecutive he, pitches. He almost had, hit Voight and Hicks like five times. <laughs> Voight, yeah. Voight, he wasn't he almost, anything intentional. It was like, dude, this guy does not have the zone for shit right now. Like, you, you could literally be up there with the bat on the ground, and I don't think he'd find the zone. Like, that's how out of control like, this dude was. He he almost hit Hicks on three consecutive pitches, and then so naturally Ken Singleton goes like, oh, well, is he going to throw three strikes before he throws one more ball? And then naturally he throws two fastballs perfectly right down the middle. It's a three, two count. And then he, you know, he missed badly with the last one, but I mean, he, he went for the three, two change up, which was just such a bold move. And it just wasn't anywhere close. Oh um, man. But like for, I mean, I'm a little, not annoyed. I'm not going to knock Boone for it, but like, I feel like with Jonathan Holder, like, if you send him out for a second inning, you're almost begging for something to happen. Like not that yeah. he's like, not that he's like bad, but I feel like he's if you get a one clean inning out of Jonathan Holder, you should just be like, all right, cool, and then move on to the next guy. Like he's done it before, like gotten multiple innings, but yeah, and I don't I, really, I I don't hate it because the situation, you know, it's the fourth game of the series. You're in a lo- the middle of a pretty long road trip. Yeah, you try you try to extend the bullpen, like. If you don't have to use Adovino, if you don't have to use Chappie, if you don't have to use, uh, you know, your good guy, you don't have to. But uh, just things yeah, got to like, quickly. Yeah. I just feel like Boone, this this is like the primary reason we knock him, I feel like, is when he tries to like, quote unquote, you know, steal outs. Like, you got a clean inning out of him. He's not your, you know, one of your top three or even like four guys. Like, you got the clean inning, like – don't try and steal the outs, especially now that the game is, you know, you know, the game at that point was starting to go. He walked the first two batters of that inning. Like, just 
you know, just let it happen. You, know, you had even Sessa, whoever, like, just bring in someone else. Just bring in someone else. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. Um, well, you know, with this four-game series, um, being that there's two of us, we're going to have two players of the series. And uh, if you don't know who those two guys are, you should probably stop listening to the podcast. But before we before we say who those guys are, because it's pretty obvious, uh, shout-out to Luke Voigt. Because Luke Voigt had a great series. I think he was seven for nineteen, hit that home run. He's he's starting to get it going again. Uh, Chappie had a great series. Tanaka, there's a lot of guys deserving of player of the series. But I mean, when you just when you just mashing dinner dingers and having multi homer games, uh, it's pretty hard not to get it to you. So, G, start it off. Who was your player of the series? All right. So my player of the series was Gary Sanchez and. Wow, that's surprising. Wow, hot take. Left field for sure. Um, You know, he had six hits. He had three home runs and nine RBIs in the series. And, you know, he had the pinch hit single that helped him set up the ultimately game-winning walk (laughs) uh, in today's game. But, um, you know, he helped them come all the way back. They tied the game and he hit the game, you know, ultimately game-winning runs. He had an absolute laser beam in that game on Monday. He had an f- absolute bomb on Tuesday. Had another nice home run the next day, and um, he is just absolutely crushing the ball right now. And, yeah, there you go. Gary Sanchez, keep doing it. Absolutely. Uh, it's like, like I said, he just looks so comfortable at the plate. He, he's just seeing the ball so well. Like that home run he had off Givens, I mean, that was a 98-mile-per-hour fastball coming in on his hands at like a weird angle. That's a tough pitch to hit. And he just like, ripped it down the line. It was just unbelievable. He was almost out in front of that pitch. Incredible. You can tell how just how locked in he is because, like, that he took that 98, 98-mile-an-hour fastball and hit an absolute laser into the seats and then came up the next, you know, the next night and hit just one of those, you know, yeah, four, high, four, high yeah. arcing, just towering moonshots, like – and like, it was it could be like ninety one or ninety eight like it didn't even matter I didn't even know that pitch was ninety eight because it was just it didn't even he hit it like it was nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, well, you know, G had Gary, my player of the series, Glaber Torres, uh, Glaber Day, uh, Glaber of the month. Uh, he had f- two multi homer games this series, four homers overall, five RBIs. He didn't even play in Thursday's game other than a uh, pinch hit in the last inning, which he walked. It's funny, him and Gary both pinch hit in the last inning or in the ninth inning on a Thursday. Gary got a hit, Glaber walked, and it was actually Gary's first career pinch hit, uh, like pinch hit hit. He was 0 for his first nine and pinch hitting, and that was his first hit. So a fun little nugget there. But, yeah, Glaber Torres, uh, it's just, just incredible. Ten of his 12 home runs this year have come against Baltimore. Um, but get this stat from uh, Katie Sharp. Glaber Torres, at 22 years, 160 days old, is the youngest player in AL history with six career multi-homer games. I mean, you want to talk about fucking history, just going back. I mean, six multi-homer games before you turn 23, and he's got a full year left to get a few more, right? Um, four, that was just Glaber's fourth multi-homer game against the season, and all four have come against the Orioles. Uh, that leads the MLB, by the way, multi-homer games. Um, just I also saw the name, the nickname on Twitter, uh, Glabe Ruth. Um, I like that one. <laughs> came up with that. Kudos, props. But yeah, I mean, I, I've 
I've complained about Glaber's defense a little bit this year, but goddamn, if he keeps hitting like this, he he could do whatever he wants in the field. It doesn't matter. It's the guy is just locked in. Uh, hopefully, he could carry. He could start doing this against some other teams <laughs> because uh, yeah, he, he look through the Yankees have played the Orioles twelve times. They have, I believe, seven games left because a, a game or two got rained out. So I think they have like yeah, seven games left against Baltimore. I mean, he could if he he could end up with like 13, 14 home runs against them this year. It's it could be like what's the record for most home runs against the team in a season? Because him and Gary are both both should go for it against Baltimore. It's they got to be they got to be on pace to to do so. Oh man, I'm gonna say like um something to you know what we sort of say about Andujar except. Not quite that extreme because Glaber, I think, is a much better natural defender. Like, if you're going to hit like this, you almost you have you don't even need to be that great of a defender. Like, some of his errors, I feel like they're not quite so much on ability as they are just like focus and you know being a young player and inexperience and all that sort of cliche type stuff. But like, I mean, if he's going to hit like this. Like, the defense is almost gravy. And, I mean, he's going to be playing second base, hopefully, before long when, when Didi comes back. And I think, um, you know, getting back to what will likely be his position long-term, I think will be good just in terms of, like, routine. But if he's going to hit like this, and, you know, I don't think he's exactly the player that we pegged to be, like, a 30-home run guy. But, I mean, if he's going to hit like this, then – yeah, uh, he, he could be on his way there, man. Uh, he's just incredible. Really, like we've talked about how he really never put up great power numbers in the minors, but the scouts had always said, like, look, he's going to start hitting homers when he gets to the majors because that's just uh, his, you know, he's still developing. He's still so young. But, you know, let's, uh, let's go in a little bit of a negative now. You know, you got to talk about some of the negatives. And uh, I want to talk about uh, Jay Happ because. After it looked, it looked like he was starting to turn the corner against the. He had a good start against Seattle. Had a good start against the Orioles last time out when he faced them in the Yankee Stadium. Well, he wasn't great. Still allowed two home runs, but overall he was solid. Right, he got back to back wins. And then today, and then on Monday, he, you know, probably his worst start of the season: six earned runs, nine hits. He's now given up thirteen home runs this season. Um, he's given up multiple homers, I believe, in. Uh, three of his last four starts. Uh, it, it's he, he's now three and three at the five one six ERA this year. Just the look, the home run ball is just it, it's just such. He's got he's got to cut it out. Uh, and I know it's such a hard fix, but it, look, we've seen it with Tanaka. Like your numbers could overall be okay, not terrible, but if you're giving up a lot of home runs, like your ERA is just going to go up. Because look, Hap's WHIP right now is only one point three, which isn't great. But it's not bad. It's it's kind of you know around league average. His career whip is one point three one, so he's right around his career whip. But uh, you can't be giving up thirteen home runs in you know less than I think he's had like only what ten starts, eleven starts. I mean he's given up more than a home run per start. It's it's a big problem, and you really wonder how long he's going to stay in the rotation if he continues to pitch like this because. You know, better options can present themselves, whether it's in AAA, whether it's on the trade block, wherever. I mean, the Yankees, they can't afford to have a guy pitching this poorly, especially a guy that they're paying, you know, 
uh, 18 million pretty much this year. And it's, it's been a big problem. He's at 52 innings so far this season. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's 52 innings, 13 home runs. Uh, uh, <laughs> not ideal. Not, not good at all. Um, yeah, going, G. Sorry, I was gonna say before I before I give my opinion on J. Hap, the most home runs by any player against a team, a single I team in a season, is Lou Gehrig against the Cleveland oh Indians God. in 1936. He hit 14 home runs. 14. See, they could get like Glaber could get that. He's at what 10, and they have seven or eight. Let's say he plays in seven, eight games. They're like he could get that. He could hit five home runs over. He really good. I think. I mean, like, that's not that's not crazy. So even Garrett, Garrett would be a little tougher, obviously, because I think he, what he's at. I think Gary's at nine homers against Baltimore. Well, I mean, um, Gary, I feel like I'd be even that. a little bit. I feel like I'd be maybe a little bit less surprised if Gary just continued on a ridiculous homer than mm-hmm. anyone. But like, it's honestly absurd how close they are already to that record. Like. Uh, J-Hap is definitely concerning. I mean, it's still, quote-unquote, only May. So, mm. And I think it's maybe, you know, the concerns are amplified because, you know, CC's on the DL now. Paxton is, you know, has been hurt for a couple weeks. Severino, obviously, well-documented. But, like, I mean, he's older, and that's always a concern. If it continues, you know, closer to the All-Star break and into the second half of the season, I will – Definitely, he's one of those guys that, like, you know, if if he's pitching like that, then you'd probably just like stick him in the bullpen for the playoffs and roll mm-hmm. with, you know, the top guys. But I mean, he was really good down the stretch, you know, after they got him last season. And I feel like some of these older guys, you have to kind of like build in a period of time at the beginning of the season where you're just like, well, they're older, they're just kind of like getting going, or you know, something like that. Like as it gets more into like June. If he doesn't start to maybe be a little more consistent, then you might have to worry about making a move or you know putting him you know in the bullpen or something like that. Yeah, absolutely. It's going to be very interesting to see you know how the rotation shakes out later in the year. You know, if we get Savvy back, Paxton's healthy, Herman still pitching the way he is, CC. Uh, you know, what if there's not a spot for Hap? Right? What if you know Tanaka like he he might be the odd man out if he keeps pitching like this. Uh, We'll see. For now, he's safe, obviously, because with all the injuries this team has, uh, if you're healthy and you're on the MLB, if you're healthy right now and you're on the MLB roster to start the year, like you, you, you're not, you're not going anywhere, right? <laughs> you're no. sticking to that. Like well, we, the thing, the thing that the thing that we, the fans, I, I don't think accounted for was Domingo Herman pitching as as good as. Oh yeah, you know, absolutely. If the, did, if the Yankees did, then they definitely didn't tell us. But like, mm-hmm. you know, we definitely didn't account for Domingo Herman pitching like you know, an ace or anything close to it. So, I mean, that would definitely be something that would put maybe, I guess, Hap, you know, big money aside, that would be something that would put his spot at risk. If he continues to pitch like this and you get back to a a full five-man rotation, since the Yankees seem hesitant to do a six-man rotation. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Um, Let's go over some injury news and notes. Um. Start off with a little bit of a negative. Stanton came back uh, for a rehab uh, appear- appearance and uh, hit a home run, right? Got a hit, played five innings, but was then pulled. And, you know, he's now no longer rehabbing due to, like, what, a left calf strain, even though he got hit in, like, the knee. Or, like, I don't know. It's confusing. The, Yan- the Yankees' injuries and their medical staff this year in general 
has been confusing and vague and mysterious and awful. I'm not even but, sure you can call it a setback because it's yeah, it's, it's, it's uh, whatever. It, business as usual. Um, positive news and notes. Didi's has hit all his necessary checkpoints as he recovers from a TJ surgery. He played five innings at shortstop and extended spring training game on May 20th. And he was the DH on the 22nd. And he's, they say he's nearing a minor league rehab assignment. So hopefully we get Didi back maybe mid June, like they're saying maybe June or July. Um, Let's yeah. see. There's so many guys. Uh, obviously, Andrew is out for the year. Batances is expected to turn from June. He's starting to throw from 120 feet. Aaron Judge was taking some dry hacks in the cages in this series. Obviously, he's still a bit away. Um, Tulo, obviously, he had that set. Another guy who had a setback, but you know, he should. They say he should be back in you know second or third week of June. It's and uh, Tulo, I as the. Positive DD news came rolling in. Apparently, went to the team and you know said that he'd be willing to. You know, they said he was taking grounders at third base so that you know he could be a little bit more flexible because mm-hmm. the whole anticipation of DD coming back and being fine, which is pretty cool. You could tell that he's definitely definitely wants to be here and wants to be Yankee. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, Paxton, he's scheduled to throw a three innings and around 60 pitches in a simulated game on Friday, and he may be activated after that if everything goes according to plan. So, like I said, hopefully we'll have Paxton back next week. That will uh, you know, take away from CC being out. Yeah, CC should only be out, maybe miss a start or two. Um, he, he, he could possibly be back before the end of the month. But – yeah, you know, other guys like Jordan Montgomery and uh, Johnny Lasagna, both expected back in July. Still no timetable on Judge or Greg Bird. Um, yeah, that's, you know, like I said, every I think every show we've talked about injuries. We talk about who's out, who's coming back, who had a setback. It's it's the theme of the New York Yankees. Like, we're going to do the first quarter show in the next couple of days, and goddamn, like, I feel like we're just going to be talking about injuries, like, oh, show, because that's that's been the story of the first quarter, right? It's, it's And then it's going to roll around, and they're going to be healthy, and the pods are going to be, like, 10 minutes mm-hmm. shorter. Yeah, right. It's so it usually happens. Um, I'm just trying to see if I – because I always feel like every time I go through the injuries, I always feel like I forgot someone, right? Like, I'm like, no, there, there's someone else that's injured that either came back or it's just, you know – just somewhere doing something. Um, before we get into the uh, wrap the show up and go into the uh, Kansas City series preview, um, just wanted to, I, I'm not going to pull up. We'll probably do this on Sunday show. We'll pull up like specific tweets from uh, our Twitter mentions. But man, it, it's so funny how like people are still just like I'm not saying like p- people are still mad, but like you see people still trying to like you know justify like them being mad at this team, you know, and at this point it's like, look, you're dumb. You know, this team's in first place. They're two games in first place. They're one of the best teams in baseball. Like we said, they've had, they pretty much still only have half their team. It's, it's, it's literally almost impossible to get mad at this team. Like going into Thursday's game, like they could have lost that game. You know, I'm not going to say 10, nothing because it's still Baltimore and they're still awful, but they could have lost that game. And I wouldn't have, you know, you couldn't be mad. It's like, all right, they still took three out of four, had a comeback win. They're doing well in the road trip. Like, you, it, it's so hard to complain about this team. Like, with all the wins they've gotten, all the the unlikely heroes, 
it's really just it's been fun it's like we said i never thought it would be this fun without guys like judge and stanton and sevy and patances and dd it's it's been awesome it, it really has but yeah we'll we'll have some good tweets hopefully on uh on sunday's show from from the good people of yankees twitter because yankee like yeah even la- like even in years prior when the, it, everything's been going great in 2017 when it was just such like a happy year such a you know, exceeding expectations. There were still just people on Yankees Twitter who were just miserable as all hell. And hey, that's Yankees Twitter. What are you gonna do? Uh, gee, anything, anything else to add about the wonderful world of our Twitter feed? Um, no, no. I just, just keep it, just keep it reasonable. <laughs> don't, don't get your, don't get too galaxy brain with the tweets. Just, yeah, just tweet us good thoughts because the Yankees especially on the health front need good thoughts right now. <laughs> oh yeah, especially on the health front. They they're doing well on the field, but that training staff is still still not doing a job. Um, if you look on the Yankees website, you know, the, the, under the depth chart and they tell you like, you know, who's unavailable due to injury, they tell you everything like like a regular depth chart, but like if you go to any old team at the beginning of the season when they're healthy and they would usually list like mm-hmm. five or six guys as like starting pitchers, and right now the Yankees have three guys listed. They have Happ and Tanaka and Dunga Herman, and that's it. As, as their starting pitchers, everyone else is hurt. <laughs> yep, that's you know, that's just the way it's gone this season. But yeah, so the next series it's going to be in Kansas City, three game set against the Royals. Uh, you know, just another another bad team, right? Kansas City's seventeen and thirty two this year. Their last place in the Central. Um. <laughs> the games are at, I think, yeah, eight fifteen on Friday, and then two fifteen on Saturday and Sunday. Friday's game it will be started by Chad Green, so the Yankees doing a bullpen day, right? Um, didn't exactly go according to plan last time they did. It still won the game, but it was just very ugly in the beginning with Green and Cortez. Um, it will be Green versus uh, Eunice uh, Friday, Hap versus Duffy Saturday, and then Herman versus Lopez on Sunday. Um, not looking forward to Jay Happ. I feel like Jay Happ. That's like a start. Jay Happ's just destined to just once again blow up. Like Saturday afternoon game against the Royals in Kansas City. Oof. But speak it out of existence. <laughs> really uh, talk about it so much. The reverse jinx. Reverse jinx. Um, you know the Royals. Royals still have some good hitters. Obviously, a uh, Whit Merrifield uh, having a really good year. Um, Hunter Dozier, Jorge Soler. Um, so they've, you know, Royals have some decent hitters, right? But I think Royals are very similar to Baltimore, right? Like both those teams have solid off, like not great offenses, but solid, like respectable offenses. And then you just look at their pitching staffs. Like the Kansas City pitching staff is has a 5.23 ERA. Like Baltimore and Kansas City, Baltimore has go, the worst. Go on, dude. Sorry, Baltimore has the worst team ERA in the league, and Kansas City has the second worst. Yeah, it's they're. I mean, I was about to say they're probably the two worst pitching teams in baseball, and there you go. Uh, they're only really only good pitcher is Danny Duffy, who's only had uh, five starts this year. Um, he, he's pitched well, but the Yankees aren't going to be facing him. Uh, like <laughs> it's it's just. Like you just look, I'm looking at these numbers for Kansas City, and uh, I'm I might just shut off my laptop. It's they're that bad. Um, and Chris, 
Aaron Judge <laughs> isn't in the lineup for Jacob Junis to throw at. So yeah, right. Um, he's had a terrible year, five point six nine ERA. Um, yeah, so this should be look another series, right? Or excuse me, the Yankees do face Duffy Saturday. I misread that. So hey, they're they're gonna fit the Yankees Saturday's game, right? You have Hap on the mound for the Yankees, and then Duffy on the mound for the Royals. That's a game the Royals could steal if if there's the the game they're most likely to win is probably probably be Saturday. But I mean, how do you, gee, how do you feel real quick? How do you feel about Chad green being the opener for Friday's game after, uh, you know, he he's just forget about before he went to, they sent him down. I mean, even since he's come back, he really hasn't been all that great, but Boone, Boone still trusted him to, to be the opener in Friday, Friday night's game. Uh, I mean, I'm kind of torn on it because, like, I like to believe, you know, in guys and his stuff seems like it may be ticked up a little bit. He's hitting, you know, the high 90s with his fastball. Like, I like to believe that he could still get back to, like, the 2017 Chad Green. But, like, at this point, it's definitely concerning. And if he's going to start a game, then I guess I just have to look at it like he's just going to start and – if he gives up a lead, then they have as much time as they could ever have in a game to get back into it. He just needs to be – he doesn't even need to be the 2017 Chad Green. He just needs to be anybody but the 2019 Chad Green, the the April 2019 Chad Green, like anybody but that guy, and, we're, and we'll be all good, you know? Oh, man. But, yeah, it's going to be hopefully another series win for the Yanks. Uh, by the way, just to look ahead to next week, They'll play the uh, Padres at home Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. And then it will be a four-game set at home – or, yeah, four-game set at home to Boston. So, going to face the Red Sox again. And then finally, finally, the Yankees will face off the against the Toronto Blue Jays. They didn't play, have not played the Toronto Blue Jays yet, but Tuesday, June 4th, that will all change. Um, so, young phenom, Vlad Jr. Yeah, right. Um so really not like a murderous schedule ahead, right? Pretty manageable. Um, the best team they play in like the next month is Houston, four-game set at home against the good old Strohs, who seem like they're probably the best team in baseball right now, right? At least until the Yankees get healthy. Um, but that's all we got. Uh, like I said, we'll probably have our quarter show coming up the next couple of days. I know we've said that the last couple of shows, but this time we're for real. Um it's by the way, shout out to our one of our co-hosts, Andrew, celebrating his birthday today. That's why he's not on. Happy birthday, Andrew. I guess I guess his dinner is more important than the podcast. Like, what's what's up with that? Oh, um, that's right. These guys need to have his priorities straight, but <laughs> oh man, that, that'll be our show. Um for Matt, for G. This was the Bronx Bomber Battle Podcast. And we'll see you guys next time. Um Glaber and Gary own the Orioles.